0: Paul Jameson. Hello, and welcome to today's
1: episode of the Green Industry Podcast. I hope you are doing well and business is booming. Today on the show, I'm actually going to be the guest. Now you might be thinking, I thought you're the host of the show, Paul. Well, I am, but we did something unique. I was actually a guest on David Mowerman's podcast, the Home Service Business Coach podcast. And he interviewed me. We started talking business. And so I wanted you to be a fly on the wall and listen to this conversation today because David is very, very smart. He does $70,000 per month with a healthy profit margin. And uh, he's been around the exterior house washing business business some people are going to call it a pressure washing business. Uh, He's been around the painting business, Christmas light business. He knows home service uh, business. And so obviously being in the lawn care landscaping space since 2011, we had a lot of stories to share and uh, he's been um, in the home services for over 12 years. So uh, these principles cross over whether you're running a painting business, Christmas light business, pressure washing business, lawn care landscaping, I mean, it's pretty much Identical principles. It's just you're painting the house instead of mowing the grass, or you're, you know, doing the exterior washing, uh, rather than being Clark Griswold and, and putting the Christmas lights up there like uh, Rory and Jeremiah Jennings and so many of you. <laughs> Not me. I I ain't on no roof. Uh, no way, Jose. I I uh, I tried roofing for one week, and uh, I was so terrified every time getting going down the ladder. We did this gigantic uh, school in Savannah, Georgia. And it was very tall. And I asked my buddy, I was like, "Well, what if you fall?" And he's like, "That's it. Like, you're, you, it's over. You die." And I was like, I just couldn't compute. Like, what if I just slip or my hand gets slippery and I fall off the ladder? It was so terrifying to me every time getting up and down the ladder. It wasn't like a little two story house. We can, It was a tall school building. Oh my gosh, I I hated it. It was it was miserable. As soon as I got paid after that Friday, I worked one week, I quit. I was like, they're like, you're coming back Monday, Jameson? Because we we drove from Atlanta to, to Savannah. I said, no way. I'm done. <laughs> that was it. Uh, you ain't catching me on no roof. But anyway, it's going to be a fun conversation today uh, as David interviews me. And uh, we just dive deep into business. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with David Moorman.
2: All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show here, Home Service Business Coach. I got a special guest uh, in the studio. I've got uh, Mr. Paul Jamison. Paul, how are we doing today, my man? Good. How are you, David? Good, man. I was just saying, uh, I, I was saying we're both on the Jobber team as ambassadors. So, we still have yet to meet in person. But next best thing, man, I got you on zoom here for the next uh, half hour. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. I love talking business. So. Love it, man. Um, I want to dig in Paul. I I want you to tell our listeners kind of your story. I know you've written a bunch of books, but how did you actually get into the landscaping game and take us all the way back to the start? Yeah. Well, I
1: started a lawn care business in 2011, but to put a little context, David, Before then, I had no business or entrepreneurship uh, experience in me. Uh, My first job in middle school was at uh, Congress Lake Country Club. It's a golf course. I was a golf caddy, and eventually I got promoted to, to be, we called it the first tee, where I'd get the golfers' golf bags ready for them and clean their golf clubs afterwards and do all that stuff. And then in high school, I worked at Best Burger. Uh, Which was a little nicer than McDonald's, but not much. So I was, you know, I I wasn't even uh, elevated or promoted to flip the burgers. I was I was on the fry machine. Um, I did I did French fries and onion rings. And then in uh, college, I I had a eight dollar and twenty five cent an hour job at the dining hall. So um, I think my highest paying job was ten dollars an hour. In the summers, I I worked at an accounting firm, uh, just doing they called me the, uh, like the runner, whatever. I just, I just run errands for them and stuff like that. They had a different name for me, but, um, we'll keep it clean on your, your podcast. So yeah. anyway, I, I think my highest paying job, uh, in high school and college was $10 an hour. And I lived, you know, in this sheltered world, I took the student loans and went to college and I got free meals working at the dining hall and I had, you know, uh, lodging with my student loan. I just didn't have any idea how the real world worked because I was, you know, I lived with my parents in high school and in college. I was living the dream, you know. I went to Ohio University and and had a great time there but had no clue in the world how money worked. And so I get out my first year if you will in the real world and I moved down to Atlanta, Georgia and I was doing an MLM at the time, uh, selling vitamins and, um, you know, I was making like 1500 bucks. I was pretty good at selling the vitamins, but um, it it was a no, you know, career path for me. And, and I, uh, was struggling to make ends meet and my buddy Christian, um, he, he had opportunity to go out West and do music with uh, Randy Jackson and kind of had a really, really cool opportunity for his career. So he basically like had dinner with Randy Jackson on a Friday here in Buckhead, and 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 he, he called me. He's like, "Paul, I got to go out west, and I got a I got an opportunity of a lifetime in my music career." He said, "Can you come live in my house while I'm gone? My mortgage is nine twenty eight nine hundred twenty eight dollars a um month a month. If yeah. you if you can pay my mortgage, you can have my house. Not literally, but like live in it until we come back." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So I go and I move in. He had a five bedroom house uh, here in Atlanta, and I'm, I moved in and. I didn't really, he didn't do any, um, vetting to see if I could afford it or whatever. Cause the truth was I couldn't, um, you know, my whole income was 1500 a month and he, you know, here I am 928. That doesn't, I had a $150 car payment for my, uh, my car. And, and, and anyway, I was, I was absolutely broke. And so I was walking in this neighborhood and I was praying and asking God, how am I going to come up with the money to pay him? Cause I'd be so embarrassed and not to, not to pay the $928. And I'm, In this cul-de-sac, kind of stressed out, and I see a a house for sale that's completely overgrown, the grass. I'm like, what kind of idiot would sell a house and you wouldn't have the lawn manicured? It it was perplexing to me. And so I uh, called the number on the thing, and I and the real estate agent thought I was the lawn guy, and she's like, hey, do you want to take care of it? And and a light bulb went off in my brain. I'm like. I was like, yeah, of course. And she's like, what's your price? I didn't know. So I said, 60 bucks. And she's like, okay. She's like, just send me an email when you're done with a picture that's done and I'll send you a check. So that was my very first job. I didn't have a mower. I didn't have a weed eater. Um, my buddy who went out West to do music, he had a 21 inch push mower in his garage that wasn't even self-propelled. So I put that in the back of my um, uh, 97 Honda Accord, and I went and I mowed the yard Sent, sent her the, the picture. And and then she sent me a check for 60 bucks. And that was my first job. And then, you know, a few of the neighbors, I started putting out little note card or uh, what are they called? Um, yeah. They're like business cards. Sure. Uh, and I, I got them for free back in the day off Vista print. And I, I started canvassing the neighborhood with those. And the next thing, you know, I had four or five yards and then the real estate agent, that I did the one for, she's like, I got a whole bunch more. And next thing you know, I was off to the races. So that's how my business started. I had no understanding of how overhead recovery works, how to run a business, zero, zilch, nada. And so uh-huh. uh, even though I had a lawn care business, I was in the red tremendously. Um, and the the long story short is how I was able to pay my bills that first year or two, I got a full-time job at Carabas, Italian Grill as a server so i'd work during the day mowing losing money doing landscaping and mowing then i'd go to carabas at night and make money so i stayed yeah. afloat and then sure. eventually about 2013 and 14 i started figuring out raising my prices learning yeah. to trade and 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 really started to um build a, a profitable business so it was very humble beginnings
2: yeah, man. I love that. Thanks for describing it. It sounds like the light bulb just went off when you're on the phone with that realtor. Like I can get 60 bucks and go back get my buddy's mower. And and it sounds like that was like when your entrepreneur light bulb went on for Paul.
1: Yeah. And I don't even think I knew what the word entrepreneur meant back then. I was desperate for money and I was trying to do everything legal that I could do I literally was about to get on a plane and fly to Vegas because I was I'm very smart at football and I I can I thought I could bet pretty good I'm like well I could just go out there and bet on the games I usually win that yeah. that was literally yeah. what I was thinking about doing is just getting a one-way flight to Vegas and yeah. betting betting on my football IQ to see if I could make the money to pay yeah. rent so the, the well, then we started the lawn care
2: I love your story, man. Cause I think a lot of our listeners, uh, can really resonate, you know, not coming from a family that gives you a blank check and says, Hey, Paul, go out and, you know, wrap your brand new Toyota Tundra and let's, you know, give you throw a bunch of money at it. You're starting with just 60 bucks, trying to pay the mortgage for living in at your buddy's house. And it's like, that's how the thing got started. So I'm curious, man, from like 2011 to 20, 13 tell me kind of um when the light bulb went off again of like Paul's been doing this 2 years you basically said you're staying kind of busy not making money like what started to shift for you in in 2013 where you're like there's a difference from just cutting grass to like actually running a business what what kind of shifted around there
1: yeah there was a major major breakthrough I was living in an apartment, so I moved my, my buddy after about a year. I lived in my buddy's house for about a year. He, he came back, and I got an apartment over uh, next to Sugarloaf Country Club, which at the time, um, the, the quarterback of the Falcons was living there, a bunch of rappers. Uh, you know, Atlanta's kind of like the hip-hop R&B capital world. A bunch of those folks lived in there. Um it was a very nice country club with uh, a gated community and, and these million multi-million dollar homes mm-hmm. um and, and uh 27 beautiful golf holes uh for the the TPC Sugarloaf a very 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 high end neighborhood. Well, mm-hmm. Carabas where I worked and I was still working at the time was in that area so I got an apartment complex in the vicinity and I, I had this neighbor, he's kind of sketchy because he never worked and he's always smoking cigarettes and, and just, I always wondered what this guy did for a living. But uh, anyway, I came home from work one day, uh, I was all sweaty and everything. And his name is Vic. He's like, Hey man, he's like, you can give me a hand. I need help moving a couch. And I said, sure. I was, I was kind of scared of the guy, honestly. So I wasn't going to tell him no. And uh, I thought he like met in his apartment. Like, I didn't know why. He didn't tell me this was off-site, So he's like, oh, okay, cool, man. He's like, he's like, I'll hop in my car. And I was like, oh man, this guy seems super sketchy. Where is like, yeah. where are we going here? And uh, so I didn't ask any questions because this guy kind of intimidated me. So we get in his car, we start driving and he's like, thanks so much, man. He's like, it'll be quick. There's only one couch. And, and we pull up to the gates at Sugarloaf Country Club. And I was like, oh my gosh, like so many famous people live in here. I was like, I've always wanted to see this. And so we go through the gate and he's like, it's for my sister. And she lives in here. I was like, this is crazy. So we go in. I'm looking at all these houses. like that's little Bow Wow's house. And and this yeah. is a long time ago. So maybe he's not popular anymore, but there's all these <laughs> rappers and people that lived in here, famous people. And I'm um, like, oh my gosh. So, so we get to his sister's house. And uh, I, I was like, this is my opportunity of a lifetime. So I said to her, I said, hey, ma'am. I said, who takes care of your yard? And she's like, actually- the the guys aren't doing a good job, and and I was like, yeah, I can tell, and and I, and I you know, uh, and so anyway, I pitched her. I said, listen, I can make this place look immaculate, and uh, she's like, okay, well, get, you know, send me your rates or whatever. And I got her email address, and and the next day, so I helped her move. I helped Vic move his sister's couch. Mm-hmm. She lives in this multi million dollar mansion house thing, whatever you want to call it, compound, and I I, I, I sell myself. I send her a quote and she basically emails me back and says, okay, the other guys end at the end of the month, we'll give you a shot. So I picked up her yard and, uh, got my opportunity in the nice, you know, one of the nicest neighborhoods in Atlanta. And so this, at this time, I reached out to my friend Kenny and I was like, Kenny, I said, I'm, I'm working in Sugarloaf," And he's like, you don't know what the heck you're doing. And, 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 uh, so anyway, we went to Panera and he kind of showed me the ropes and he's like, don't screw this up. Cause if you can, do a good job and break out in this neighborhood, your life will change. And so that's what I did. I did a really, really good job. And she happened to be a real estate agent in the neighborhood. Next thing I know, I had four or five, six, seven yards. Next thing you knew, I had um, the CFO of a company that we've all heard of. Um, He lives in in, um, San Francisco area, but he had a vacation home there. You know, super, super, super rich guy. I got to start doing his yard. Next thing I know, I picked up the next-door neighbor who was the um in the NFL, he was the defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. Did a okay. good job for him and the next thing you know, he started referring me to the Atlanta Falcons players. Now I'm doing the head coach of the our NFL football team. The defensive coordinator, uh, uh the 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 other coordinator, coach Henderson, doing coach uh-huh. Smith. I'm doing a bunch of the players, the captain of the team. And next next thing you know, I went from like 0 to 100. And I'm taking care of all these multi-million-dollar houses. My customers had Rolls Royces, Lamborghinis, wow. Ferraris, uh, big old houses <laughs> with tennis courts in the backyard, and and like sure. houses in their backyard for the guests. I mean, it was it was absolutely wild. But there was it wasn't like gradual. It was like boom, like that yeah. one day that I went in that neighborhood and I got my first customer wow. in a very quick amount of time. I was a household name in the neighborhood. So I just basically did quality work. And then those first two years I learned how to do quality work. And then 2014 and 15, I started learning how to do, you know, higher price jobs and, and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Uh, Cause now it was normal, you know, 10 to $15,000 was like the, the, the regular range job that, you know, we were doing for you know, kind of gutting out of front yard and redoing it or, or, or doing a makeover in the backyard and things of that nature. And so I, it was, it was a fast, fast learning curve. And uh, yeah. thankfully my friend Kenny taught me the ropes. My friend, Jamie Germain's a um, certified landscape professional in Georgia. And she, sh- she started showing me like, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. And, and things of yeah. that nature. So wow, it, it was an awesome turn of events.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a good lesson too, Paul. I think when when people are new to business, you're more you're serving yourself better to say yes more often than no and like with the whole couch thing, like you just said yes to an opportunity and before you know it like this thing leads to that, this thing leads to that and you're soon going through the football team and and meeting these wealthy people because I think then young entrepreneurs get intimidated with the affluent, right? Oh, this person's got this or this, but it's like at the end of the day Everybody's still human. These guys have property. They want it maintained. And like, you're the guy. And if you can make it convenient and simple and take good care of them, you got yourself a business. So we don't have to like overcomplicate this thing.
1: Yeah. And the 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 density of this neighborhood, there's a thousand homes in, in Sugarloaf Country Club and they're all, you know, right there. So, so I had another guy that was a tree, a stump grinder, uh, Scotty he early on when I was just getting my start in here, he he told me what Kenny told me. He's like, dude, don't screw this up because yeah. the way the country club works is there's just a handful of businesses in there. They don't like bringing in new newbies. Yeah. So, so he's like, if you can establish your business in here, he's like, you won't leave the gates of the neighborhood, meaning you'll come in at 8 a.m. when the gates open. You'll only yeah. work in this neighborhood and then you'll go home at night. And he he, he basically told me like, you got served this gold platter. Don't screw it up. And and yeah. thankfully I I didn't screw it up and it just got better uh, and better and better.
2: So those communities are crazy too, Paul. I I'll share briefly. I was staying in La Quinta with, uh, with, we did a little family trip there with my in-laws and like we drove by this complex called the Madison club and that's where the Kardashians have their place, whatever, whatever. But I zipped out early one morning, go pick up some coffees. And I saw this like, Line of trades vehicles. And then I asked my father in law, he's like, Yeah, those are all the trades people going into the Madison Club. I'm like, Man, this is like a real thing here. If you get that contract for that complex, like you're good to go. So it's like pretty cool to see that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you got the Hamptons in New York, you got the Madison club. I, you know, I'm guessing that's in Los Angeles uh, area. Yep. You have these Dallas and Houston and, and I'm in Atlanta and, and Nashville and all these Charlotte, all these major cities like that. I know I mm-hmm. talked to guys in rural Illinois and they're like, how do I do? I was like, you're in the wrong area. Like it, it's, yeah. you can't, And there's not, there's not yeah. that premier country club, but yeah. when you can get in one of those, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet.
2: Yeah. So tell me, man, where, let's keep going here. We're like 2014. I want to hear your next steps in business, uh, kind of like fast forward us through the next number of seasons. I'm curious kind of where you're, you're kind of in this growth stage, the light bulbs going off, you're getting in at the sugar loaf club. Like where, where do we go from here? I want to hear the next steps.
1: Yeah. So 2018, the next uh, pivotal moment was August, 2018, my buddy, I actually was working that that month um, out at Lake Oconee, which is uh, like a sugar loaf on steroids. It's it's uh, per capita. It's the third wealthiest per capita in, in the whole United States. It's called Reynolds mm-hmm. Plantation. It's a lake in uh, the middle of Georgia called Lake Oconee. So I was, I was doing a um, crazy big job out there. Uh, somebody bought a a new lake house and they basically won. We took like 115 trees out and they're basically like, let's just start from scratch. And so anyway, I'm working out on that job. It was a fun, fun job, um, except the rattlesnake. Uh, There's a rattlesnake out there, which was scary, uh, very scary. But um, anyway, so my buddy Brian up in um, Minnesota, he said, hey, I got an extra lawnmower, 48 inch lawnmower and a trailer. If you want it, I'll, I'll gift it to you. Uh, just come get it. So I hopped on a plane. I was like, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was uh, basically a brand new engine he put in and, and uh, uh, a nice, really nice trailer. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. We could use that for sure. Um, so I flew up to Minnesota and got a one-way ticket. And then I was going to just drive, I rented a vehicle and I'm going to drive the the new trailer and lawnmower back. And uh, I, so I wake up that morning, this is August, 2018. I wake up in Minnesota and then I drove through Wisconsin, never been to Wisconsin or Minnesota. So it's nice to see those parts of the country. Beautiful, beautiful summer day in August. Then I get to the Chicago land area. I drive kind of past that probably about two hours out of Chicago. Now I'm in the middle of, of nowhere in Illinois and I'm driving and I have a, a vision. So I'm like, I'm awake. I'm driving, you know, probably 80 miles per hour, 75 miles per hour. There's not really much traffic. And all of a sudden, like a movie started playing in front of me and I saw guys, they were in shops, they were in pickup trucks, they were in, it was different guys. I was like, I could see, I could see the scene. Like I was watching a movie and I heard, and and they were listening to me talk about business. And it was really strange. And then I, when the dream ended, I heard a a voice say, if you build it, they will listen. Hmm. And I knew the baseball movie, Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come, they build a baseball field and baseball players came. Now, I wasn't in Iowa where that movie was filmed. I was in Illinois, but there was cornfields all around. Like it was mm. it was spooky. I was like, okay. Yeah. So I get back to uh, Atlanta and 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 just so happened that a YouTuber was in town visiting, uh, interviewing me to, to hear my business story because he had heard about how I was taking care of all these prominent customers. So he said, hey- can we um, uh, interview you? And he, he's, I was like, sure. It's so I came down to Atlanta. We go to Waffle House, which is our uh, premier breakfast diner down here in the South. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. we're at Waffle House. And, and, and I said, Hey, can I tell you about something? And he's like, sure. And I told him the story uh, about what what I saw and the vision. And um, if you build it, they will listen. And uh, I said, I think I should start a podcast and talk about my lawn care business journey cuz it's been a crazy journey and I said what do you think and now podcasting's popular now but back then sure. maybe Joe Rogan was around that's about it I, yep. nobody was podcasting in 2018 i mean you got to imagine mm-hmm. tiktok wasn't even invented yet sure. there was no instagram reels or facebook reels or youtube shorts like this was dinosaur era po- podcasting was no one knew what that was really mm-hmm. and uh he's like yeah sure you know go for it and so I was like, okay. And so I, I was working at a radio station on the weekends as like a little fun side hustle. Uh, it wasn't really for the money. It was more just fun, um, to, to, to be on the radio here in Atlanta. So I had access to this fancy studio and they gave me permission to use their equipment. So I was like, my buddy's nailer. I was like, why don't you come in the studio and we'll, we'll record the first podcast. So we talked for two hours and talked shop and, and I threw it up on, on Apple podcasts and Spotify. And I, I just started making a few more episodes. And the next thing you know, the show took off and mm. it was in the top 100. Like one day, my show is Dave Ramsey's podcast yeah, and Robert Kiyosaki. And mine was in the middle. And I took a screenshot and I was like, holy crap. Wow. I said, yeah. I, I sent it to my producer. I said, like Dave Ramsey and Robert Kiyosaki, they, they have different financial beliefs. One guy's big on debt, the other guy's sure. anti-debt, but they're both like icons in the business Mm -hmm. world. And I'm like, how in the world is my podcast ranked with these giants? And, and uh, anyway, it was like, I was, I was new, nobody was podcasting back then. And so all these people that wanted business information were listening to my podcast. And so that was wild to, to have a show, um, you know, getting millions, millions of downloads talking about a lawn care business. It was crazy. And so that, that changed the trajectory of my business because then Lowe's Home Improvement called, and John Deere, and like the biggest and the best companies in the the um, industry start calling me and like, hey, we want to work with you, want to partner with you, and I'm like, what? Me? Yeah. You know, the Toro oh. company and Echo and XMark and all these companies that I use and like, I'm a yeah. consumer of. They're like, yeah. hey, we want, you know, we want to fly you out, we want to work with you, and so that that really changed my business because now I'm like. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So like, I didn't plan to start a lawn care business, but I did. And I didn't plan to start, uh, you know, international podcast and work with Lowe's and John Deere and things of that nature. But in 2018, that all started. And so, uh, that, that was like the, the defining moment of really starting to find out that there's all these business owners out there that want to know more about business and they you know they want to know the nuts and bolts and so i just was at an event this weekend talking with you know so many guys about business and so i just i started falling in love of like networking communicating and talking yeah. with other business owners about all the things that we face um in business so so that was yeah. like the next evolution of my cool. my entrepreneurial uh, career <laughs>
3: Hey, guys, Jason Creel here. and want to invite you to the fourth annual Lawn Care Life Conference in Springville, Alabama. That's just outside Birmingham, Alabama, near my hometown. We have room for 300 tickets. The early bird ticket pricing is $197, and that includes your meals. We're talking about Friday night, most of the day Saturday. We're going to freeze you dinner, breakfast, and lunch. We've got great speakers lined up. I'm going to be there. My friend Paul Jameson's going to be there. Naylor Taliaferro, Jeremiah Jennings, Alan Hayne, the Lawn Care Nut, Caleb and Brittany Allman, and my friend Jeremy. We've got a great lineup, a lot of excitement, and every year that we've done this event, the reviews have been fantastic. So come hang out with us, Springville, Alabama. If you need a ticket and want to register, you need to do so before it sells out because I really think it's going to sell out this year. This is Friday and Saturday, February 23rd and 24th in Springville, Alabama. To get a ticket, go to lawncarelife.com
0: and click on the link for conference. Start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com. If you want to
1: earn more money in your business, it may be as simple as raising your prices. Brayden, use our price increase
2: letter. and What happened? Well, we've actually been in business for 32 years now. My dad started it, and then he handed the reins over to me. And in 32 years, he'd never increased the prices ever. And I knew that we had to make a change. So we actually got your price increase letter, increased the price by 20%. And um, we were doing around a million gross, Up that to 1.2. And we had eight cancellations through the entire thing. So we raised our prices through that letter about 200 Brain. Say that say that one more time. that was sitting on the table that we weren't getting access to just through a letter. So it it helped us out big time. So do you think the price increase letter uh, provided a ROI for you? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, beyond is probably the best investment we've made in 32 years. (laughs) That is
1: awesome. You can get the price increase letter at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. It's a plug and play template. You just put in your information, insert date here, insert name here, and in the most straightforward, concise way, it explains to your customer why you're raising the price it made him 200 grand each year and then you're gonna raise the price again next year exactly
2: Yeah, man. It's so cool. What, what did you end up doing with the, with the business then that you had, did you get someone to, to run it? Or cause like, obviously your, your trajectory has changed dramatically with growing the podcast and everything. So what, what did you do with the actual business?
1: Yeah. And I didn't, um, I don't think I did everything right. In hindsight, if I could go back and redo it, I would have, I would have done it differently. Mm-hmm. But in 2018, 2019, 2020, I thought I was Superman. So I'm like, well, we'll just, we'll just do them both, you know, like we'll just do them both. And so I'm sitting here uh, serving the head coach, Atlanta Falcons, literally like at his house, doing his yard, talking to him, you Mm -hmm. know, one day. And then the next day I'm getting on an airplane, going to the Toro company in in Mm -hmm. Minnesota or, you know, going wherever I'm, I'm been to so many of these companies, you know, headquarters and things like that. And then what was happening, my landscaping business, I realized, I had, I did not build the right infrastructure. I did not build the right team. I did not. It was too dependent on me. Like Michael Gerber says to work on your business, not in your business. Mm. I was working in my business in 2018 when, when the social media blew up. So I wasn't, Mm. I didn't have everything in place. So long story short to answer your question Mm. for three years, I tried to be Superman and juggle both and get the, the transition in place. And then in 2021, I set a revenue goal for the media business. I said, well, if I can hit this revenue in the media business, 2021, then in 2022, Mm -hmm. I'll go all in on the media business. Okay. Yeah. So 2021 was the trial air to just see like, is this, I'm pinching myself. I'm like, how did Lowe's get my number? Like, why, why are they calling me? You know what I mean? Like, why are these companies like, you know, shouldn't they be calling like um, the NFL stars and stuff like that? Like, why are they calling me? Like, so I thought it was like a fluke. Like I was like, well, maybe, maybe they won't call next year. Like, so I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. Well, 2021 blew up in a good way. It was like, wow, this, this is a, there's an opportunity here. So in 2022, I kind of handed the, started a transitional plan and, and, and I had really high end customers, so. I started talking to them and telling them what's going on with these opportunities and, and Alberto's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, taking over. And we, we just started kind of a, a, a real slow transitional plan. And, 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 and then, you know, into this year, um, you know, I, I got guys completely, you know, took that and I'm, I'm a hundred percent on wow. building the, um, media the media company. Side. Yeah. yeah. The, the the media side of things. So it's been oh. a, a huge transition um, and again, I didn't do everything right, David. Uh, if I could go back to 2018, I would have done a whole different um, way yeah. about it. But it is what it is, and it's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to to do the social media stuff uh, yeah. in, in the industry.
2: It it's tough, man. When you do have different skill sets too, like it's like you can do anything in life if you put your mind to it, but you can't do everything, and certainly not simultaneously. So it sounds like you transitioned out and really um, passed off the business. Like your guys are your, your, one of your lead guys took over. Is that kind of what, what you did for for all the lawn
1: maintenance? So that was the biggest thing in Atlanta. We do 52 weeks a year. So we're there every single week, you know, in the spring we're scalping the grass and then all growing season, we're mowing the grass, Mm -hmm. edge and trim and blowing. And then in the um, fall, uh, we have leaf season, you know, leaves are coming down. And then the next thing, you know, the grass is dormant and it's pruning season and yeah. these yards are need to look nice 24 seven. So it's a year round thing. So cool. all of that has been transitioned out. I'll still do landscaping jobs because I can schedule them. Like I know I'll be in town these couple weeks. So I can schedule cool. a landscaping job. Uh, this week I'm doing pressure washing jobs. So I, I can plan. Cool. I know I'm going to be in town this week. So. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, busting out the old pressure washer and, and, you know, doing, uh, pressure washing work this week because those are, you know, one time jobs. They're not, they're not 52 sure. times a year. So I yeah, found yeah. something that works for me now where I can do, you know, cool. landscaping and, and pressure washing, but I can't do the lawn maintenance, um, yeah, and, okay. and sustain this, uh,
2: Life that makes sense. So you kind of split up the operating business, got the guys doing the lawn care, and you're still kind of cherry picking the other landscape jobs that that you want, which are probably like high margin and also like high end clients. Because it's like it's tough to systematize a high end business, man. When you're going into little Bauhaus house or whoever, whatever celebrity, like it's tough just to say, "Boys, you're doing this." You know, hundred thousand dollar retaining wall. It's like you need you need an expert there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So let's get granular, Paul. Like you've written books, man. We're gonna send people over to your podcast because you, you dive deep on this stuff. But the la- like the let's talk about the lawn care side, man. Very competitive. Guys can do a cut for 30 bucks a week and then they get undercut, and the homeowner goes with someone who will do it for 29.50 or what like you know what it is. So how can a contractor is like I heard Paul's story. Uh, there's a lot of cash to be made cutting grass like you talk about in your book. How can that contractor ensure that they don't go down that slippery slope of cheaper, cheaper, cheaper bids to stay busy? I, I want to hear your take on this.
1: Yeah, David, that's a, a very uh, accurate uh, assessment of the law and care industry. Yeah. You're, you're spot on with that. And I think uh, the, the honest answer is, You need to know your numbers because if you truly know what it costs to operate a lawn care business for your uh, mowing, you know, equipment, the repairs for that equipment, obviously you need a truck, you need a trailer here in Atlanta, you need a storage unit where you're going to store all of that. Um, Your highest expense is going to be your labors. And then you have all the, you know, the nitty gritty of your insurances and your taxes. And most guys, when I started in 2011, I didn't understand any of that. And so once you really know, I'm not talking about just like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. I I know you need to recover all that overhead. Like you really track what you spent last month on your business expenses and you're doing everything properly. You have no choice other than charging the appropriate price. So most guys don't know their numbers, but when you do, you get your shoulders back, you get your chest out and you have poison confidence to the, you you made a reference about a $30 cut. Well, when you know your numbers and you know what you have to be making per minute, then you're like, no, this is a, this is a $65 maintenance, or this is a $70 maintenance. This is a $75 maintenance and sweet Sue's throwing a fit. Well, you know, Johnny would do it for $40. You know what I mean? And when I started learning my numbers, I literally would quote, $90, $95 $90, $95 a lawn maintenance. And, uh, this guy, John, I remember him. He was perplexed. He was like, the other guy was doing it for $45, Paul. And I told him, I said, well, you know, and I, I name drop. I'm like, I do so-and-so's yard. I do so-and-so's yard. I do so-and-so's yards. Like, here's their address. Go see what we do. Mm-hmm. And long story short, John called me back. I was like, "Hey, Paul, I want to give you a chance." And then he said to me, "He's like, now I can see why you charge ninety dollars. Um, hmm. Even though I tried, char- charged double. I charged yeah. double what the other guy charged. This guy lived in Sugarloaf Country Club, and some joker was charging him forty-five dollars. Um, he had a little six-thousand-square-foot yard. It wasn't big. It didn't take long. But I know my numbers, and yeah. I know how much money I need to make an hour to break even with the three-man crew." And I charge him ninety bucks the first year, then I charge him ninety five bucks the next year, and it just kept raising his price yeah. and so but I knew my numbers and and I knew that's what it that's what it costs for me to hit the profit margins to pay myself the salary I want to pay myself and to, to know all that so the solution is you gotta get into the books you gotta understand. Uh, if you're going to pay yourself the salary of, of what you want to be making and you want to be having your business at the profit margins that you want to be making, you understand all your overhead and how you're going to recoup that and be profitable, then you don't you don't really worry about, I mean, yeah, kind of pay attention to the market and, and, and things of that nature. Sure. But what I'm more concerned about is that my numbers are aligned with my financial goals. And that will get you poise and confidence. And you mentioned Jobber earlier. Um, one of the coolest things about... Working in Sugarloaf Country Club and also worked in River Tree and Swanee and St. Ives and Johns Creek. These are all premier country clubs in Atlanta. It was normal in those neighborhoods to get a card on file and to pay at the beginning of the month. Like that was because nice. there's so many great companies in those neighborhoods already. They set the price precedent and the payment precedent. So I just like I had good influence around me because the other guys in the neighborhood. Let, they would charge $300 a month or they would charge $400 a month or they would charge $900 a month or whatever they would charge, but they would, they would have the card on file, you know, whether they were using uh, real green or service autopilot or job or yeah. all these companies had a CRM, they had cards on file and they charged it the first of the month and they did that year round. So they did that in January, February, March, and, and, and that was just normal. And if you were a, a homeowner, you're a resident in one of these high-end neighborhoods, I'm sure it is like that in Madison, yeah. whatever it's called out in, uh, Kardashian, yeah. K- Kim Kardashian's neighborhood, but, but that's the precedent in the neighborhood. And that's normal when the, when they're having cookouts and, uh, cocktail parties and wine and cheese, I don't know what they eat out there, but, and they're talking, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, so-and-so charges us 900 a month or so-and-so they mm-hmm. they don't, so anyway, I I don't know what you want to call it. I it was uh I stumbled into the success of getting paid on the 1st of the month in advance yeah. and and having a monthly billing plan. So I think that's mm-hmm. very important. And there yeah. is higher prices. They called it the Sugarloaf price, David. There's mm-hmm. higher prices in those neighborhoods. Like even if you go 2 miles outside the gates <laughs> and, and and those people are paying way less cuz there's a they don't want riffraff or or um or yeah. tr- they don't want chucking the truck in their neighborhood. They literally sure. don't. They could care less if you charge less. They want yeah. a nice vehicle, a nice collared shirt tucked into some khaki yeah. pants. Like they don't want, you know. And I had to blow a tennis court off before these rich people played tennis. Like they wanted yeah. me to have khaki pants on and my golf shirt tucked in.
2: Yeah, and it they don't. It fits their like um, whole ambiance of their property, right? They're not eating at the cheap diners there, they want the best of the best. And I think it's important for contractors to recognize not to price with their own wallet, but like, this is a very affluent person in an X amount dollar house. And, you know, they're not going to trip over 40 bucks a cut. Like generally those people just aren't $40 to them is, is absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah. And David, like the way that the lawn maintenance world works is we call them chucking the truck their, mm-hmm. their prices are so low and so uh, like you cannot sustain a business charging that that race to the bottom pricing. Those guys come and go, come and go, come and go, come and go. It's like a revolving door because there's no way you can last by not charging enough. So if you are yeah. new to the industry in our industry, we have the lawn and landscape magazine has the top 100 companies. Mm-hmm. Look at that list and, and look at look for your state and find the ones in your state. If you are going to compare your price to a market level, like in Georgia, I think we have five or six of the companies on the list, uh, Russell and Gibbs, and, and there's a few of them. We'll look those ones up and just go to their website and and find out what they are offering, like what um, structure, like uh, for example, you can go to Gibbs website here in Atlanta and they they have on their website their plans. Like, yeah, you can just, the copy. Plans. yeah, you can just copy, yeah. Oh, here's what, here's what the big boys that run this, you know, 16 million, $35 million, $45 million operation. Here's how they're doing it. And then just copy your business off of a, cause, cause they're built in these companies have been around year after year, after year, after year, after year, they're profitable. They, they have it figured out. So if you are going to copy mm-hmm. someone, copy a company that's in the top 100 Because and that's been around for a while. Because they haven't figured out, and then there's obviously rhyme or reason to why they're operating their business that way. Yeah, Um, yeah,
2: great, no man, it's amazing. I know you got to jump on a call shortly, so I want to kind of hit one last question, man, and then then we'll say goodbye. Um, and and that's really, man. You mentioned some social proof, mentioning hey, we do, you know, Bill and Janine's, we do Johnny's house, we do this. You got one more tip that a that a contractor in landscaping could do to make themselves more valuable, right? You, you said, hey, we're 95 a cut. The other guy's 40. You know, the uniforms you mentioned, the branded trucks. Is there anything else you're like, hey, Dave, hey, listeners, like this tended to work really good for me because it wasn't the first time, Paul, you heard someone tell you, Paul, you're twice as much as the other guy. I'm sure you heard that recurring theme. So I'm sure you had some good ninja tricks that you'd pull out.
1: Yeah, I would say get a local mentor Uh I had three mentors. Um, and -hmm. I'll I'll give them a shout out and 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 some of them listen to my podcast, so they'll get a kick out of that. But Rich Jansen, um, he owns an irrigation uh company and he also does lighting. And so he saw me. This was after I was already in the fancy country club, and he saw me stressed and 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 frantic and nervous. And he could tell I was just uh I bit off more than I, I could chew and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And he had been in the industry for 30 years. So he, he is very humble and, and wise. And he said to me one day, he's like, Hey man, he said, uh, is everything all right? No, everything wasn't all right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm juggling, I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul and I'm stressed out about money. And he knew that. So he's like, how's it going? I was like, ah, oh, I'm just kind of overwhelmed. And so-and-so, you know, I'm doing this big job for them and they haven't paid yet. The blah, 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 blah. Like I'm just spewing out how my life sucks. And he's like, Hey, he said, "What you doing Sunday night?" And I was like, "Nothing." He's like, "Why don't you come on over? My wife will make you dinner, and we and uh, we can talk about your business." Um, he says one thing though. He's like, "You're going to have to be honest with me. I can help you if you're honest with me." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Bring me your your business checking account statements." And and bring me your basically bring me bring him all my financials. He's like let's let's look under the hood and and, and let's see what's going on. And he worked. Um, he owned his own business, and he also worked for a, a company here locally that does sixteen million a year. And um. then he also worked for. <clears throat> it was called Brickman back in the day, but they eventually um, joined up with a company called Valley Crest. Now they're called Brightview, and they're the biggest company in the whole industry. And he used to work for them, so he knows how the biggest company works. And, and he also yeah. knows like a $16 million company. And then, you know, he does about a million a year. He, so he knows all the different ranges. Yeah. Great. So we go to steak. Uh, he has, his wife makes me steak, David. I'm, I'm going to answer your question. But I'm telling you yeah. how, how I figured out this is why, why you need to have a mentor locally. His wife makes steak dinner and, uh, he, I, he's looking at all my statements and my, um, I had time in and time out and what I made per man hour. I had all this stuff written down and, he was looking at all of this, and he put his glasses on his nose, and he just stared at me, and his wife like stopped. it was like slow motion and <laughs> he, and he asked me a question why the his wife was cooking dinners, and he's, he looked at me, he's like, "Paul, he like pauses, and his glasses are on the tip of his nose, mm-hmm. and he said, "How are you paying your bills?" And my heart sunk and mm-hmm. and he basically was like, "These numbers are horrible, you know, and he's yeah. comparing it to Brightview and the other business sure. he worked at in his own. He's like, how are you paying your bills? And I'm like, well, it's really tight right now. And he's like, tight. He's like, this is horrible, man. And and so anyway, I was vulnerable. I was honest. I bare naked financially. He saw my everything. Yeah. And 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 he was kind enough to help me. And and thankfully, he caught me early on where, where he was able to turn the corner. So as I did grow in this neighborhood, I was able to grow profitably. So. Uh, I would say, find a mentor who knows their stuff, like whether they own their own business or they work for a successful business. Like they know he he knew everything that I needed to know. And yeah. then, and then, and then don't, don't be all arrogant. Like you got it all together, be humble and transparent and say, Hey, I can you help me? Like, you know, and, and you yeah. might have to pay for that. You might have to hire a coach and pay for that. Thankfully rich just liked me and, he didn't charge me a penny, you know. What I mean, he wow. just wanted to see me be successful, and he took me under the wing. And I mean, he's very rich. Uh, his name's Rich, but you know, financially, yeah. he didn't need me to pay him a thousand bucks a month or five thousand bucks a month. Or he, yeah, he,
2: he's, he changed he's, your life.
1: Yeah, he he really did. And then there's a second guy named Kenny. Um, You know, we'd go out to Panera as well. He worked in Country Club of the South and similar type conversations. And and then I mentioned to you Jamie Germain earlier. Uh, she's a Georgia certified landscape professional, so she was more of like, "Hey, this this plant, you know, of this height would look good with this plant in front, sure. this color, like all of that stuff." I I didn't know, and she so she yeah. started teaching me design concepts and principles, and she would make me go to class um, at the Georgia Extension offices. You know, we would go to classes together. that would be these eight hour classes, and she's like, "You got to come learn about this, and you got to come learn about that." And so she would drag me to classes about fertilization and weed control and about, about bidding and estimating. And, um, you know, and I, and I wasn't a know-it-all. I was like, okay, I'll go to the bidding and estimating class and, and I'll go yeah. to these classes. And, and so find a mentor locally. Cause I'm, I, I'm not going to do no good if you're out in Madison, Kim Kardashian, man, sure. that's a whole Atlanta and LA are different markets. You want to get someone sure. locally, uh, who can mentor you. So that, that would be my number yeah. one tip.
2: Great. No, man. It's honestly amazing and a huge believer in investing in your own self, man. There's a lot of free resources. There's a lot of books you can see behind me, help me and local mentors, man. Like you just that is the path to success, isn't it, Paul? You read someone's book, you you get a roadmap and you see what that next step is. So really, really good stuff, man. I want to hear Paul, I'm going to link up your books in our show description, but a listener listened this far. They want to learn more about what you got going on, how you help landscapers. Can you just tell us where the best place to connect with Paul would be?
1: Yeah, absolutely. On Instagram, we're at green industry podcast and I post uh fresh fun content, educational content there. Um, every single day I, I show behind the scenes. I, I was recently, at uh, Shack's house uh, yeah. for uh, a, a pond job that my friend, Greg Whitstock did, did there. So, you know, like, but if you want to know what Shack's backyard looks like and fun stuff like that, like I, I share all of that on Instagram. Um, if you want more of the, the meat and potatoes, like the nuts and the bolts of, of how to run a profitable business, um, I have a brand new book out called The Lawn Care Advantage. And, and that's, you know, straight to the point, the nuts, the bolts, the X's, the O's of, uh, what it takes to, to run a successful, profitable business. Um, I got about 15, you know, years of experience in this industry and I've learned a lot through the school of experience. And so I just share, you know, everything that I know is in that book. Um, so, uh, that's called the lawn care advantage and it's on Amazon
2: cool no man we'll link up all your books and also link up directly to your ig so uh people can go see what you got going on with Shaq there i took a look at that last week man pretty, pretty cool stuff so paul thank you so much man for for gracing us with your time um we'll get this uh into our show and i know it's going to help a lot of people and uh you can have uh, more more friends to connect with here man as we all grow together thanks david Well, I hope you enjoyed today's program.
1: I wanted to let you know about a couple events coming up in the community, if you want to be a part of it. Uh, Here in the ATL, January 19th through 20th, Mr. Producer is going to make his first public appearance at the LCR Summit, uh, January 19th and 20th at the Creator's Clubhouse here in Atlanta, one of the coolest podcasts. Uh, places in America. It's a very, very dope venue uh, right here in Atlanta, Georgia. And so if you want to learn how to make content for your business, uh, we're going to be doing a workshop all day on January 19th taught by Mr. Producer. He's going to be teaching about podcasting. Uh, I'm going to be teaching on how to get sponsors, how to monetize your content, stuff like that, um, and podcasting as well. And then we'll have Jeremy Vest, who's a professional uh, YouTube coach. He's helped some of the top creators. Uh, in the world. Um, he's going to be teaching us the, you know, YouTube secrets. He is a genius when it comes to the YouTube algorithm. So uh, the first day is going to be all about social media and content. And then the second day is going to be all all about a traditional lawn care landscaping business. We're going to have the one and only, the lawn care millionaire, Jonathan Potoshnik. Uh, he is the founder of Service Autopilot and he is uh, you know, known about his passion for helping create lawn care millionaires. Uh, Marvin Salcedo will be there. Keith Kalfas, John Pajak, Naylor Talley Farrell, myself, uh, of course, Mr. Producer, I'm sure I'm leaving out somebody here or there, but, um, that's January 19th through 20th in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's a very, very, um, limited workshop. The, 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 um, conference room only has seats for 75. So, uh, that is, uh, first come first serve basis. And uh, we would love for you to join us in Atlanta. If that has not already sold out, uh, you can look in today's show notes and I have the event bright registration there. I'm um, going to get my buddy, Naylor Taliaferro is the host of that event. And the venue is so cool. Now uh, we rented out the whole spot for the day. So there's, there's three or four podcast studios in there. Plus the conference room. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. i um, at the creator clubhouse in Atlanta. And by the way, that's where they record the social proof podcast, uh, with David Shands. Um, it's his studio. So, so he's, uh, kind enough to let us, uh, rent it out for the day. The next event, um, well, we'll there'll be another event here in Atlanta, uh, Valentine's day sync live. I'll be hanging out at that one for sure. Um, over there off Sugarloaf Parkway. So that's another event in Atlanta. I believe that one's February 13th and 14th. Looking forward to that one. And then the, the big one is in Alabama featuring Nick Saban. I'm just kidding. Featuring Jason Creel. We're going to be in Alabama. This event is so good. I went as an attendee the last year, Jason and his wife, Tracy, had it. Um, Alan Haines spoke, Keith Kalfas. I just had such a a blast and it's such an honor and and humbling uh, that Jason asked me to be a co-host with them of the event this year because I just thoroughly you know, soaked in the the glory of the event last, last time. It's a family atmosphere. Literally it's on Jason's family farm. It's, it's actually called a manor. I'm, I'm, I'm using the, the terms here when, uh, you know, I, I grew up in, uh, just a basic neighborhood, not a manor, but uh, apparently it's called a manor when you have a hundred acres and these beautiful, beautiful facilities on, on the hundred acres. So Jason's family owns, um, the hundred acres, and they have uh, basically banquet halls throughout the the um the acreage where they have weddings on Saturdays. And so, uh, Jason's family's in the wedding business, not him. He's he's in the fertilizer business, but his his wife Tracy um, and her family own own this wedding business. So um, they got really cool venues there, but it is limited to three hundred uh, seats at that event, uh, just because of the the size of the room. So. Anyway, if you want to go to the Lawn Care Life Conference, uh, Naylor will be speaking. Alan Hain, the Lawn Care Nut. Caleb and Brittany Allman are coming down. They'll be speaking. Jeremiah Jennings and I Jeremiah Jennings and I, will be there. I'm doing some podcasting and, and panels and, and, and helping to field your questions. Um, we'll have, of course, Jason Creole there. Jeremy Vest will be there. Uh, I feel like I'm leaving out some folks. Um, you, you can go to LawnCareLifeConference.com. Or, uh, that's not the website. The, 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 the link for the website just in the show notes. Um, to, to the lawncarelife.com conference, I think what it is, but you don't even have to worry about that. Just click on the link in the show notes. It's a hyperlink; it'll take you over there. And uh, if it's not already sold out, you can grab your tickets again. It's it's uh, only room for 300 because of the the size of the venue. So uh, we are really looking forward to that one. Um, we'll have dinner for you on Friday night, February 23rd. Uh, dinner and Jason's even got his buddy coming. The live band, so. Listen to some smooth jazz or whatever they're gonna play. I don't know. Maybe they'll play the Sweet Home Alabama song. Maybe they won't. I don't know what the band will play. But uh, he's got a band coming um, Friday night. We'll have a opening reception, um, dinner, and and uh, opening speech, and then the band, and just hang out all night. Not all night, but you know, hang out and just fellowship. And then Saturday uh, we'll have breakfast for you, uh, lunch. And uh, there'll be a time to ride and drive we'll have, on the 100 acres. We'll have a bunch of equipment there for you uh, to test out. And then there'll be speakers all day long, uh, Q&A sessions. And uh, this this is to get you trained up to absolutely crush it next season in your business. So uh, this event lives up to all the hype and more. Like I said, I was not just a, an attendee in 2020, had an amazing time, thought it was a world class event and to help Jason promote it this year and, and be a part of it in a small little way. Uh, I think I'm going to do a and a panel session and um, I'm just looking forward to it. So make sure to check the show notes for the links to the LCR summit, as well as the lawn care life conference. Thanks for listening, and I hope to catch you on the next episode. Hey, it's Paul. Is it time to elevate your lawn care business with Jobber? As a field service management software, Jobber has been a game changer for me since 2019, streamlining everything from quotes to payments and making customer communication a breeze. Tap the link in our show notes and see why over 200,000 home service pros trust Jobber to grow their business. Click the link in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul to learn